Welcome to America This Week on Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. How's it going, Walter? It's going well. Um, I decided that I would make a life change and switch from coffee to tea about two weeks ago. Oh, and my God. And then last night. I know. I know. See, I read a scientist's memoirs once, and he said that the greatest tip he'd ever gotten in his life was from the physicist Richard Feynman, which was to drink tea rather than coffee. Great book, by the way. Did you ever read that? Oh, yeah. I love Feynman. Yeah. He, he, he he's one of, joking, Mr. Feynman. Yeah. Yeah. He's one, he's one of my guilty pleasures. This was a book by Carrie Mullis, the inventor of the PCR test. And uh, so I decided I'd take this advice and I switched to tea and I found immense clarity in that, in that choice. But last <laughs> night I decided I'd have a little bit of coffee for some reason. And it was so overstimulating that I slept, slept exactly zero hours. I mean, oh my just God. completely. Yeah, the, the, the coffee came back, the return of the repressed type energy. And uh, I just sat up all night. So I'll try again to purify. And... Yeah, you're going to have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's no joke for a Minnesotan, um, know, a, yeah. an original Minnesotan. But, but yeah, so I'm doing pretty well for a guy who slept zero hours. Um, and uh, what, what else? Let me think. Done a lot of sort of ancient stuff lately. I went to an ancient Native American uh, stone circle at the top of a mountain, and I bathed in a ceremonial hot spring. And so it's it's kind of been a vision quest for me since I saw you last, actually. Um, Goodness, that sounds so spiritually uplifting. Yeah, if I, it's late summer, you know, it's the time of my birthday. I'm a Leo. I'm sort of at my zenith here. So that's right. Uh, if I make any happy birthday as well, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a little belated. Yeah, well, the, my birthday was last uh, last Thursday, but it was the first time I've ever genuinely woken up and forgotten my it was my birthday which is an ominous sign. Uh, that, that, that happened to me already like four times. So I think you're doing, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Well, Matt, your motel connection. I, this is a special edition of America this week, Taibi on assignment. And uh, <laughs> your, your, your cloudy visage from whatever motel you're staying in is, is, is uh, proof of that. Yeah, I'm in uh, New Orleans right now. Uh, this is a hearing for the Missouri v. Biden internet censorship case. It's only going to be about an hour, but I figured I'd check it out. Um, I think it's going to end up being a, a fairly significant story because probably the next step after this is the Supreme Court. So um, I've never followed one of these cases all the way up. I think it would be it, it should be kind of an interesting thing. So we'll see what happens. But uh well Hope, hope it doesn't turn into jarndice versus jarndice from Bleak House and your decision <laughs> to follow the story now makes you captive for 15 years to a never-ending case. Um, how quickly can something like this go to the Supreme Court from this stage? You know, I don't even really know the, the answer to that question. I, I, um, my, my understanding is that it can be fairly protracted, but I don't, I don't think so long that you know, we'll, we'll forget what the subject is by the time it gets there. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, it sh should be interesting. I'm going to do a little write up, um, on the site, uh, of what happens today. 
I don't think there's going to be a lot of national media. So, so we'll, we'll see what happens in the, in the hearing. But uh, I thought, you know, this, this, this week was kind of an interesting week. I wrote a piece earlier this week just because I, around this time of year, I start getting ready to go out and doing, uh, do campaign stories and started to read the polls, which is sort of a ritual at this stage of the presidential election. And it's just this, such total chaos compared to previous uh, cycles. And I thought it would be fun if we both sort of went through the whole scenario and, and the whole table slate of candidates and uh, maybe even made a few predictions about how this might all turn out. I uh, thought that might be fun. Do, are, are you up for that? I'm totally up for it, especially because all predictions that we make are going to be more bullshit than the usual election predictions, <laughs> because we all we can be certain is that there will be a force majeure between now and then. And uh, maybe none of the candidates we see now will even be, I don't know, free men in the sense that they can still run <laughs> for president. You know, I mean, this this time around, we don't we don't even know if human beings will be running governments by by the time uh, the election happens. Well, Matt, we're about six shows away from me confessing my suspicion that human beings don't run it now. <laughs> they have the HAL computer down in some basement, and and they run down and consult it, and they're kind of a, uh, you know, there's kind of a relay race where they 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 pass the the. the the feed from the computer, you know, and run up to the press conference, or maybe it's able to speak right into the ears of the human humanoids. Um, but yeah, well, the first thing I, the first thing I think about the election, besides the fact that, you know, Biden may be too old or, you know, legally compromised, Trump may be in jail. Uh, DeSantis, the uh, heir apparent on the Republican side, may be so unpopular by the time anything happens. I mean, he, he seems almost headed for a kind of parabolic sub-zero uh, bowling status. Uh, his donors, I guess, will still be with him, maybe some of them, but not many people at the rate he's going. I doubt yeah. Chris Christie will make his move. Um, Chris Christie uh, is the turtle in the race, and I expect that he will in this case, patience won't pay off. Uh, he'll still be the turtle at the end. Um, and, uh, and the other guys on the Republican side, to me, are, you know, they could just switch heads. Pence isn't going anywhere with the Republican well, base. Okay, That's, well, maybe he is. You, you tell me, man. Or maybe it's possible. It seems impossible to me. Tim Scott is Tim Scott. Uh, I, I have Republican friends who were all in for Tim Scott early on. I, I, I didn't quite know why they're still that way. On the Democratic side, just to, just to set this all up, Bobby Kennedy, in, in the polls at least, seems to be flattening, uh, if not trending slightly down. Um, he's the only alternative that we're aware of, though there are lots of rumors about who might be wheeled in should the president be wheeled off. Um, and so there, there it stands. Uh, I, I've got to say in terms of press, in terms of attention, Trump stands head and shoulders above all the others, uh, whereas he may be 
imprisoned, there's a strong sense that Biden may not be even capable, imprisoned or not. Um, right. So where does that leave us? Let's set the stage numbers wise for where things are at this moment, which, by the way, is already interesting because uh, in this stage of the race in 2015, mm-hmm. the presidential campaign was already the dominant story in the United States. Uh, you remember the, the first Republican uh, debate was about to happen. That's when uh-huh. Donald Trump, um, you know, had his his crazy square off with Megyn Kelly. And remember, there was a there was a heated kind of reality show battle among the Republicans to get on the the, the first stage at the, mm-hmm. at the grown up table. There were there were, ended, up, ended up being two debates. There was one for the lesser candidates and one for the, the major candidates. And this this was an all consuming story that was captivated America going back to probably May of that year. Um, remember, there were all those clown car stories that uh, got tons of attention at the time. People were really enthralled by the novelty of Donald Trump coming into the election. There was the the John McCain story, which obviously got a lot of publicity. And this is very different because we're just not seeing a lot of coverage of Iowa, New Hampshire, any of those places. and the the campaign is almost an afterthought for the news media, maybe because there's been other stuff in, in, in the press. Uh, but it's just unusual because the campaign had been steadily going backwards in terms of how early we start covering all the madness. And mm-hmm. now I think it's it's starting to reverse course. But anyway, right now it's looking sort of like a two horse race because on the Democratic side, you basically have Biden at around 62 to 65. And then Kennedy, who was around 20 uh, in April, is now down around 13. And on the Republican side, it's even crazier. Like uh, Donald Trump is at 53 right now. But the, the more salient point is that Ron DeSantis, who was looking like an actual contender uh, in April, it, I mean, his graph is is just disastrous and headed towards the the single digits kind of a jeb bush like phenomenon for him beneath him as you say there's a pile of candidates on unlike on the dem- democratic side i think there's one interesting one down there which is vivek ramaswamy we can talk about him just because he has some traits that tend to do well in campaigns but right now i mean would you agree it's it's Essentially, a two-horse race until something, until the force majeure happens, until Biden drops out or uh, and is replaced, or Trump is, is put in jail and disqualified. Um, absent that, that's kind of the field. Oh, and I guess we have to we we, sh- we we should mention and must mention Cornell West, yes, whose campaign is being assiduously non-reported, but is pulling. Pretty good numbers for a third party candidate. Uh, you know, it's I've seen it everywhere from four to six. Um, I didn't know, you know that. Three, four, five, six. Yeah. And so he's being blamed in a lot of stories for a future Biden loss. And my sense is that he, he, he's going to get even more um, exposure and support 
as time goes on, because the the unavoidable reality of of his his candidacy is going to start dawning on reporters. So, so those are the that's the basic field right now. And uh, from a horse race standpoint, it's just amusing that at at this particular moment in time, it's essentially a dead heat between Trump and Biden. If you look at the polls, uh, but we all know it's not going to turn out that way. You mean it's not going to be Trump versus Biden or it's not going to be a dead heat? It's not going to be a dead heat for for long, I don't think. Or maybe it will. I mean, who, know, who knows? Uh, it just yeah. seems, at this stage of the campaign, it's just it's, it felt like an amusing place to, to start to look at the whole picture because, you know, they're basically at the same place in the starting blocks. Um, obviously, things change very quickly, especially with Trump in, in, in any race. Right. Uh, but right now, yeah, it looks that even. Maybe they are covering the campaign, but maybe the campaign doesn't look like a campaign. In other words, maybe the legal persecution or prosecution of Donald uh, is the campaign to some extent. And, mm. and, and that's that story, because it's going to affect everything, is really uh, substituting at this point. For, for, for campaign coverage. Um, also, you know, as far as Corn- Cornel West goes, um, I've noticed that too, just a complete shutout. Um, and that's worth following in our new media atmosphere to see whether with all these control mechanisms they've put in and all this lockstep in the mainstream media, they can actually make Cornell a, non, a non-person. My daughter really likes him. She was an undergraduate at Harvard like when he was when he was there, and 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 he took a lot of time with her, even though she's not a you know a politics person. And she you know just sort of regularly would report to me, "Oh, I bumped into Cornell. You know, we had an interesting conversation," and that kindly disposed me toward him as a father. And uh, I think he's got things to say. And, and Lord knows the left doesn't have much left left to it. Um, and so to hear that voice a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more unfiltered is, is interesting. Uh, so, so, so I, I, I dare them to keep him, to keep him quiet, to keep him in the back as it were. Um, and, uh, so there's that. Now, let's talk about Vivek for a sec, because he interests me. Is he not virtually tied with, uh, with DeSantis for second place? Uh, no, not that I've seen. No, he's, he, he's around. I, I, I've seen him around six. Oh, OK. But they're, they're trending in that direction. OK. So, uh, you know, DeSantis is now... We saw this with Jeb Bush, he, the, the uh, kind of a presumptive contender mm-hmm. who starts dropping to the low double digits. Uh, and then, you know, there's no signs of life uh, in terms of uh, popular groundswell. And then people start rising out of the you know second or third, third tier of candidates to overtake him. Uh, that looks like what the pattern is. It's a str- it's a strange claim that DeSantis makes. I can win in the general, but apparently I can't win in the primary. Well, what? 
you know, the, the people who are beside, behind DeSantis on the Republican side all proclaim their realism. Uh, Trump can't win. DeSantis can. Uh, you know, they, they contrast their personalities and, and their sort of efficiency as thinkers and managers. They do that, too. But the big abiding claim for DeSantis is that in a national election, he could win. But how in the hell do you get there from here if you can't win the primary? And now you're starting to see stories about his, you know, should, should Trump go down uh, legally uh, strategy? He, he plans to just sort of still be around if they, if they give the big hook to Donald Trump. But he's so gleeful in that respect. You know, Viv Vivek is playing a, the exact opposite game, saying, you know, um, I'm going to be outraged if they take Trump out. I want a fair fight. I want to beat him in this primary, but I don't want to win by default because he's gone. A and he makes a lot of pro-Trump uh, and sort of uh, Trump-friendly statements such that people wonder if he's campaigning for vice president. Um, on a Trump ticket, or, or, or that he's a saboteur for Trump, uh, for against against the Santos. I've seen I've seen that interpretation in, in in media as well. Yeah, well, that that's a far fetched deal as far as I'm concerned. Oh, but me too. <laughs> but 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 he interests me because he's a new kind of guy. He he's not new. He went, in some respects he went to Harvard. Uh, he uh, has a lot of money, um, but actually that might be novel too. We're used to presidents making a lot of money after they leave office, but other than Donald Trump, we're not used to them having a lot beforehand. And he's anywhere, according to the financial press, between $600 million and $1 billion in net worth. He's 38 years old and he made that money in a series of business deals, mostly involving biotech and pharma, it, it appears to me from my, from my reading. Um, he's a big investor and a kind of player in this new world of, uh, you know, high IQ, high stakes, high technology. And as such, uh, he is, he's new on the scene. He, he, he would kind of represent not only a new generation, but a new way of making money and moving and shaking in the American uh, establishment. Um, he's very good on TV and, and he does a lot of free media. And most of his uh, exposure has been through free media, as has Bobby Kennedy's. They both, you know, they've both been great for the podcasting world. And so... You know, I, I'd like to hear more from him, see more of him, see how this plays. Uh, no one's no one's boasting the first Hindu is running, um, but that's meaningful uh, in the sense that a Republican usually has to kowtow to the Christian right, and I I don't know that he he can in, in a plausible way, even though he's a supposed monotheistic Hindu, uh, at least according to Wikipedia. I'm not sure what that is, frankly. Um, I guess you have to choose between Shiva and Ganesh or something. Um, 
or, or, or someone else. Um, but, but anyway, then as far as all those other Republicans, you know, this clown car redux, you know, there's some of the people that were in the last clown car, like, uh, you know, like Christie, um, Tim Scott, whatever. I, 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 he doesn't seem to stick. You know, the problem about the problem when you have Trump out there is that it raises the bar on stickiness to be sticky when there's Donald Trump in the race is very difficult to show up and be sticky, as it were, to gain and keep attention alongside Donald Trump is a proven uh, labor. It's really tough. Um, and I don't know how any of these people are going to get much attention except in maybe the primary states themselves with this, you know, epic Trump movie going on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a challenge for him in terms of marketing because the campaign isn't being covered in the traditional way. And as you say, the, essentially, you're right. Coverage of Trump's indictment is, is essentially replacing campaign coverage right now. So. We're not getting the, you know, the stump speeches and ribbon cuttings and all those other things that usually um, happen at this stage of the campaign. So we get a glimpse of what these people look and sound like. Uh, I'm very impressed just just in terms of the superficial characteristics of a candidate, you know, having done campaign reporting, which I'm sure you've done some of it, you know, you, you learn after a while to look for certain things. What's absolutely excluded is a candidate who. Uh, doesn't project charisma or warmth in person. Those candidates just do not succeed. They don't. They don't go ahead. Uh, it was fatal for Kamala Harris, for instance. Uh, yeah. I always thought it was going to be a problem for John Kerry. Uh, I remember going to a Mitt Romney event uh, on his home turf uh, in New Hampshire, where he he just couldn't fill a, a pretty small hall and really had trouble getting people to focus on what he was saying. Um, you know, he seemed to be everybody's third choice in that primary, even though he won. Uh, so this, I think, is a problem for DeSantis. It's not a problem for Ramaswamy. He's, he's a very dynamic uh, speaker. I haven't seen him in person yet, but on television, he's, he's very good on television, right? No matter, regardless of what you uh, think of his positions or his ideas. Um, he, he has the look and feel of, of somebody who, who's able to uh, do the job of campaigning, which requires a lot of effort, a lot of stamina. And uh, but is he going to get the exposure, which is not guaranteed uh, in this environment? Just quickly, I want to go back, though, uh, to Cornell West, uh, mm. because he also, I think, is is he's unusual on television right he's, he he doesn't um he doesn't give people sound bites in the same way that normal normal politicians do uh but he's uh, extremely uh quick on his feet he he speaks in these sort of uh, beautiful sentences um almost like he's writing extemporaneously mm -hmm. uh but he has been uh he, he has a quality that does very well in the kind of post-Trump environment, which is obvious kind of sincerity, courage, mm -hmm. and um, 
a willingness to say something that uh, comes across like the unvarnished truth. And Wes Bonafide is there, right? Are 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 strong. I mean, he he's gotten himself in trouble with the Democratic Party, uh, going back a long way with his criticism of Barack Obama for saying, you know, I, I'll stand with Wall Street, and what are you going to do for for poor people? And he took a lot of heat within Democratic Party circles, even way back then. So this isn't an act for him. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that comes across with him, the sincerity. There are things, you know, there are positions that of his that I not not sure I agree with, but um but he's obviously sincere. I think he's uh he's got a lot of um beliefs that I think will would resonate with with uh people who have frustrations with you know establishment party politics and he's getting the same treatment that Bernie got early in the 2016 race, which is he's got to step aside for the real candidates, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and even some of uh, Bernie's former handlers are saying that, you know, like people like Jeff, Jeff Weaver are making quotes like this is very dangerous what he's doing because, uh, you know, for Joe Biden, the, the groups that West pulls from are traditional Democrat groups, and that spells real trouble. Um, so. I, I don't believe it. I think in the post-Trump era, campaign reporters should never talk about spoiler candidates or fringe candidates because anybody can win. That's been proven. And yeah. I, I think about West and Ramaswamy and, and also even Bobby Kennedy as as candidates who, um, you know, under the right circumstances with the right right kind of media attention or right ability to reach mass audiences uh, could draw a lot of votes. And and but campaign reporters can't break out of the paradigm of thinking of them as fringe, which I think is a mistake uh, at this stage. But um, have they played the Russia card against Cornell yet? I mean, oh, I haven't seen that. But yeah, uh, but that's probably going to happen. Right. Well, I, I mean, it, they play it against everyone in his position. They played it against Jill Stein. They, Bernie. Mm-hmm. Tulsi, Bernie, yeah. I mean, it, it seems uh, de rigueur almost. Um, he'll probably parry it better than the others for some reason. Um, you know, you're right. No one should be ruled out. I I hate hate it that they ever were. I you know I I grew up in the era of the joke candidate. Okay, Pat Paulson for president, um, and. The fact is that the joke candidates, you know, and what many thought was the latest joke candidate, Donald Trump, have, have, have gained office in this country. Jesse Ventura became a became a governor in Minnesota, Donald, and in a sort of I think precursor uh, moment to Donald Trump. You know, they were even thinking of running together for the Reform Party uh, uh, nomination back in two thousand. Uh, so we've had those precedents. My general feeling about the about the Republican side is that we just won't have anything until the Trump issue is settled. And in a way, the 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 no one no one wants to pick second place, a candidate for second place. 
And right now he's so overwhelmingly in first place that I just don't think that process is going to start until there's some clarity about his situation. And and I don't still understand what happens uh, if he's indicted or I mean, not just indicted or convicted, uh, how that affects the the race and his ability to run. It's also murky. It, 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 it's there's no real presidential race to to, to report on either, because what's Biden going to do? I mean, he's not going to campaign. It will be lucky if he campaigns in the general, let alone in the primaries. He might give a couple speeches, but that's not going to amount to much. Well, they they tried this week. Uh, this is one of the reasons I, I, I wrote a piece this week is because they you know, it's always a joke in the movies when they want to get rid of a politician, like they send him on a fact fishing uh, fact finding tour in in Africa or something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he's experiencing some, some trouble. So he's suddenly has a delegation um, that he's going to go, you know, go attend a conference in reunion Island or something like that. So the press doesn't get a shot at him. Well, Biden uh, went on a tour out West and it's funny if you run a search for Bi- uh, for Biden this week on Google news, you just found, Story after story about this uh, trip out west that was described as uh, his victory lap or Biden touts economic achievements. And just one story after another. And then they were talking about he was doing ribbon cuttings uh, and all of these things. And his aides were talking to the reporters saying that Trump's indictment is taking, taken away from the great achievements of Bidenomics. And it, it it's interesting marketing what they're, I guess, what they're trying to. You're hearing this message. You're listening to the free version of America This Week to hear the full version. And for more articles and content, please subscribe to Racket News at taibi.substack.com or racket.news.